Welcome to The Count of Three. I'm your host, Susie Kennan. And I'm your host, Kyle Ward. Today, we're talking about the importance of parents and caregivers prioritizing their mental and physical health. We've all heard the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. That is so true. Parents that prioritize their mental and physical wellness are better parents for their kids. For insight on how we can improve both our mental and physical health, today's guest is Demi Austin Thomas. Demi is a family dynamics coach and is a self-described imperfect mama coming from an imperfect place who regularly speaks about navigating tough times to bring families together. Demi is no stranger to our podcast. She joined the Count of Three last season to discuss managing family and caregiver relationships. As a family dynamics coach, she has appeared on local and national television and hosts her own podcast called Girl, I'm Stuck. Demi utilizes a combination of an old school upbringing with her contagious and vibrant energy and passion for healthy parenting to make it work. Hello, Demi. It's so great to have you back to the count of three. We are so excited to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this conversation. It's just my jam. So thank you. Okay, so you describe yourself as an imperfect mama coming from an imperfect place. Girl, same. (laughs) Given the day we might all feel imperfect mamas or parents for one thing or another that's going on with our kids or our family, why do you describe yourself like this? Well, I think it's important, you know, for me to be present with myself and being real that there are just days when you just have missteps and you make mistakes and Your parenting journey is filled with lots of victories, but lots of life lessons. And I think it just really, for me, it just takes the pressure off of showing up or having the responsibility to show up to be this perfect mom. And I can tell you, I wish that there was a guide to the perfect Mm -hmm. parenting book, right? Or perfect book to being a mom. And it's just simply not. I mean, I'm telling you, if you find one, you better let me know. (laughs) But I think that, you know, for me, it's been showing up in the spaces of my imperfections as I'm leading, but also loving. I think that for my children, it's also good for them to see that there are just some days mama doesn't have it together. Mm -hmm. There are just some days that she doesn't even have the answers. So for our children, for our family's sake, for the people that we love, I think it's important to make sure that you understand that it's okay to not always get it right. Take the pressure off yourself. It's almost putting yourself into a prison. Mm. You know, you can't color outside the lines and that's not any fun, you know, and that's just a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility. Mm. Absolutely. And a lot of expectation. So, you know, and I think when it comes to like our relationships with our children, they learn from us. It's learned behavior. So what we don't want to do is, and for me, I've been very cautious about making sure that I'm showing up with my kids authentically, but also letting them know that I'm not going to pass on some toxic and or dysfunctional behaviors because in my mind, this is how I saw how it was modeled for me. No. I'm giving myself permission to say that, you know what, sometimes you get it wrong and it's okay. You know, Demi, these days, improving our mental and physical health is talked about a lot. I mean, I know that in my own life, I'm always wrestling. Am I taking care of myself mentally and physically? And definitely the two 
go hand in hand. So why do you think there is so much talk about all of this mental and physical health stuff? Well, I mean, I think most people right now are really trying to be conscious about their mental wellness. People are stressed out. They're depressed. You know, this pandemic over the last two years has just been very overwhelming emotionally and mentally for a lot of people. And so I believe that people are really trying to make conscious decisions of how they not only do they want to show up for their families, but also showing up for themselves and showing up fully. So, you know, mental wellness right now is definitely the big talks. And even for our children, giving them an opportunity and a space to process their big feelings, you know, because it's been overwhelming for everybody, not just for parents, not just for moms and dads, but it's overwhelming for everyone. And everybody has feelings. Most people like to say that, you know, feelings are not facts. But I also like to say that feelings are fleeting. And we can go from being happy to sad. We're processing emotions every day, all day. And so we want to make sure that we're processing them in a healthy way. And so giving ourselves permission to be conscious and to be present with ourselves, to give ourselves permission. You know, I see all these shirts on Facebook say, you know, suck it up, buttercup. I mean, it has been a really hard two years. Are we supposed to just suck it up? No. I'm going to tell you, in some ways, for some people, I think it's about how you're wired. You know, there are just some people who just are not able to just to suck it up. And they really need to be able to have sparring partners, processing partners, therapists, counselors, coaches to help coach and guide them so that they can be heard, they can be seen, and that they have permission to express what they're feeling. So I think that, you know, I love seeing the T-shirts. But I don't subscribe to the idea because I think what we also do is we have a responsibility to ourselves and to our children to teach our children to be able to create what we should be able to create emotional safe spaces for them to be able to talk about what's on their mind and how they feel. So we talk about self-care and we say self-care all the time and we hear self-care all the time. What exactly is self-care? I like to say that self-care is all about me choosing to be intentional and consistent about a routine that allows me to not only be present with myself, but mentally and physically giving myself what I deserve and what I should have. Mm. And for many people, self-care can look like various things. Self-care isn't the same for everyone. It's important for you, and I think we should all be making this a habit of making self-care what I call a non-negotiable, especially if you're a parent. We are programmed to take care of everybody else, the children, husbands, partners, everybody and their mamas, except for ourselves. And it's only until we're in the shower, we feel the lump. We've got the cough, something's going on, then we want to pay attention to the indicators that something's wrong. But when you have a habit and a routine set in place, and routines can be simple, it can be going to bed early, taking a walk, doing the things that you love that allow you to not only be present with yourself, but to process the stress and the anxiety from that day. 
I'm very selfish when it comes to self-care. I'm unapologetic about it. My husband and my children, for a long time, if I could be honest with you, I was not. I always felt like I needed to put my kids and my husband, everyone first. But, you know, I had a health scare and it made me pay attention to not only myself, but to say, okay, I'm going to get my annuals every year. I'm going to make that a part of my self-care on my annual exams. And then I'm gaining weight and I'm not feeling well over the course of the last maybe three to four years. I've been really conscious about not just my weight, but how I want to feel. When you look good, you feel good. And I said, well, how do I contribute to my mental wellness, my physical wellness every day if I'm not doing anything? So you have to take ownership. You have to take responsibility. So I've been walking every day. I'm making a routine. I get up in the mornings. I do a little workout, even if it's 30 minutes, even if it's 15 minutes. Can I tell you self-care to all the moms who may be listening and even for the dads? Self-care is sitting in my car before I walk in the door. It's the simple things. Sitting in my car just to have a moment to just be present with myself. And then before going to bed, I'm very conscious about turning my phone off. Turning my phone off because we need to be able to reset, recalibrate, and recharge so that we can show up for the people that we love every day. We know self-care looks different for everyone. So I have two adult sons. So I know my wife and in my life has changed a lot the last few years as they, you know, went off to college, one's in his career now, has a serious relationship. And then I see all of these social media posts right now as I'm sure some of our listeners, they're going to have graduating seniors and they're going to go off to college. And so for those of us in that stage of our lives, what do you say about what should our self-care look like? Because sometimes it's easy for us to get depressed and go, oh, our kids don't need us anymore. What's my role in their life? And now I'm telling you all of my sad story that I, but I'm guessing I'm not the only one out there that has those feelings. No, you're not. You know, me and my husband, Kyle, we are empty nesters. officially, <laughs> and. For a moment, if I could be very honest with you, I felt like, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? And I had those same questions that were running through my head. Will my kids need me? And, you know, I thought to myself, one, your children will always need you. Your role just changes. You're no longer helping them make decisions in terms of inserting yourself. But now you're just being invited into the conversation. But now this is a great time. This is adventure time. Me and my husband vacation every 90 days. We have a routine together because we're very high performing people. We're working every day, showing up. But we thought, well, what are the things that we can do together? I am so big about promoting togetherness. There's so much that you can do in the afternoons, in the evenings, whatever your schedule looks like, start creating a routine. Is it dinner on the weekends, dinner through the week, cooking together, spending time together, being selfish when you, because you kind of want your own individual time too, and you're deserving of it. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting you say that because last night my wife and I, we had dinner and we have three little dogs and we just all impromptu said, let's just go for a walk, just a casual walk in the neighborhood with the dogs. And you're right. You have to look for those things. Before you didn't have time because you had kids getting homework and getting them baths and doing all of that. 
But sometimes I kind of forget about I need to look for those things. They're not just going to happen. You have to plan it. You have to plan it. I was just going to say, you have to plan for those moments. And, you know, listen, there will be moments where there's a lot of spontaneity, but most of the time you will be planning. And so I encourage you know, our listeners today, and even for you and your wife, are you all in this new and exciting season to embrace it with excitement and find things to do. Plan, plan, plan. Planning is going to be your best friend. But even those walks, I mean, I love me and my husband's walks. We walk for about maybe 30 to 45 minutes. We get an opportunity to check in with each other through the day in that moment and talk about life. We talk about those kids, shall we? Like, honey, they better not call this week. But it's finding those moments. And listen, I encourage couples and, you know, moms and dads, create your bucket list, create a bucket list together and create a bucket list individually. What are some things that you've been wanting to do that you've been, you know, talking about doing before the kids? You know how we had those moments, Kyle, we say, when the kids leave, this is what I want to do or this is what we're going to do together. And now that the kids have left, what are we doing? We're looking at each other. This yep. is the perfect opportunity to dust that that planner out and say, let's create some ideas and let's have some fun together. But right. you got to plan it. On the opposite side of that, do you have any advice for new parents who are just trying to figure out what family life's going to look like? Do you have any tips for them to start at the beginning with healthy habits instead of those of us who have middle schoolers who now are having to figure out how to work it in? I'd like to say start now. Start at the very beginning. And it's all about stealing moments, stealing time and being intentional. You know, our little phone devices that we have, (laughs) they're good and bad for our lives, right? But we can make time for everything under the sun, but we don't make time for us. Setting a planner, it's simple. Setting a planner and setting little timers on your phone. You know, maybe it's 30 minutes before bedtime, or maybe you know what, you have a conversation and creating calendar activity time and family time with your kids. Let me say this. I like to break down the day with my families when I'm working with them. Work time should be work time. Family time should be family time. Partner time should be partner time. And then your personal time should be personal time for you. Because at the end of the day, you need a little bit of quiet time too. So breaking those down, it's all about prioritizing and it's all about planning. And the majority of the time we're running around with our heads cut off, thinking that we have to have this perfect idea of work-life balance. And let me tell you, it doesn't exist. As soon as you have life planned out, then life happens, right? right? So it's all about what you make time for and how you prioritize it. If it's important to you, let me tell you what you're gonna do. You're going to make time. You're going to invest. You're going to protect your time. And let me tell you something. Self-care is all about protecting your peace. So going back to activity calendars, especially for those families who have small children, again, it's about stealing those moments, but also carving out time from bedtime, from breakfast time to bedtime on your calendar so that everybody is aware of what's happening, what the schedule looks like when the kids get home. We're having family time, dinner time making sure that there's a no phone zone in the home, making sure you guys are doing something together, whether it's prayer, meditation, affirmation time, but setting out time for you. You have to be intentional about that. Giving yourself a 30 minute window. I think we'd all probably like to have an hour, a strong hour where it's completely uninterrupted. 
But that's not always the case. Sometimes it's about 15 minutes. Again, going back to stealing that time, 30 minutes, but it's all about planning and prioritizing. And I think that's the question that we have to ask ourselves, what's important to me? And am I deserving of this? Yes, you are. So carve out the time and make it happen. Which is a great segue to the next question. And you've given us a lot of good tips, but I can just hear our listeners out there. And if I were out there listening, I might very well say the same thing. Well, Demi, that all sounds well and good. And all of you go ahead and take your walks and do all that. What is your best advice, though, for the people that say, I don't know what my self-care looks like and how do I really commit to that activity? What's the takeaway here? That's good. The first thing I want to say is we're all deserving of self-care time. Again, you just have to ask yourself, am I worthy of taking it? Should I honor myself in taking it? Carving out the time. Two, what are your non-negotiables? And what are your, I call it the top five guilty pleasures. What are the things that you absolutely enjoy doing? You should honor yourself by allowing your guilty pleasures and your non-guilt, your non-negotiables to be about you and carving out time to make it happen. No one can define what your time looks like. Only you know what that time looks like. What I know is if it's important to you, you will make time for it. But showing up in ways in your life of being able to create that non-negotiable list and honor yourself by saying, you know what, I'm worthy of having this and I deserve this today. What do you say to those guilty parents, the moms and dads who are working a job all day long, they're not with their kids all day, and then they go, oh, you're telling me to take you know, a guilty pleasure. I've already been away from my kids all day. What do you say to them? Well, you know, as working parents, we know that we have to work, but you're not working 24 hours a day. I don't know your schedule, but at some point you have to be certain and you have to be committed to not making excuses, but truly being able to reevaluate your schedule, reevaluate your time, and decide on exactly how you want to be able to show up to not only your family and to your children, but even for yourself. Because I get it. I feel like I work 24 hours out of the day. I really do. I feel like I'm always going. But at some point, I have to turn myself off and I have to show up for my husband. I have to show up for my children because there is an expectation. And when you are in relationship with the people that you love, it's important for you to carve out that time for them as well as for yourself. So, you know, we can't continue to run on fumes because at some point, you know, I love the adage of how we open today. You can't pour from an empty cup. And at some point when you're at your very lowest point, How are you able to truly show up for the people who love you? And you can't. You really, really can't. So we have to stop making excuses and we have to start being conscious and committed to carving out time for ourselves. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I know I've had times where I've got two older kids and one who's 11 now, times where I've had that time set aside and I go to do it and they guilt me into staying with them. And it wasn't a good time for any of us the time I ended up spending with them because I was upset because I wasn't getting my time. They were upset because they thought I was trying to go do something by myself. And it ended up not being good together time. 
And so, you know, I should have stuck with it and then been ready to come to them with a full cup instead of coming to them upset. And I think it's also about knowing your limits Mm -hmm. and creating boundaries, even with our children, even with our families. You have to give yourself permission to create healthy boundaries for yourself. Boundaries are never about the other people. Boundaries are all about you and limits. Know your limitations. And I'm a firm believer in saying no. No, I need my time. How do we make it routine? You know, I've read somewhere that if you do something for three weeks, it becomes a routine. How do we make it routine? How do we stick to it? I love that. Consistency is definitely the key word, but also again, and it takes about 30 days to really get to form that habit. For me, I knew that if I want to see results and I want to feel better, I've got to do something. So I took my little phone. I set my timer, my alarm clock at 9 a.m. That's my workout time. And at 6 o'clock p.m., that's my self-care time and I'm walking. So you have to have a committed process and you have to be able to give yourself permission to create a schedule and stick to it. And once you really start moving and you start enjoying it, you go, you know what? I like that. I know how that made me feel. I'm going to do it again. So you don't allow anything to come in between that time, whatever that time is for yourself, whether it's 10 o'clock, two o'clock, whatever that time may be for you, but it's sticking to it and making a conscious decision that nothing is going to alter me from this time. So until it really becomes not just a habit, but it now it becomes a rhythm and a routine daily. You always bring a great perspective to us and we always enjoy your insight. I guess as I've heard all of this conversation, I guess we as parents, we should be setting a good example for our children because with all of the pressures that students face today, they need to be in tune with self-care. So what are the best examples for us to show them self-care is important and then have them demonstrate it as well? Well, as parents, it's all about learned behavior. We have to be the demonstrators. I love the idea of promoting togetherness. We do self-care together. Maybe it's walking in the park with the dogs in the evenings together. We also should teach our kids what's important. Ask them what's important for them. What do they like? What do they like doing? And allowing them to be able to express that. It could be art. It could be, you know, a walk. It could be staying active throughout the day. But I believe that as a parent, it's all about learned behavior. And our children, we become the best models of those examples. So we have to show up not only willing to do the work in leading in that example, but then also teaching our kids along the way. And that's having conversations with them and allowing them to be the demonstrators of their own self-work. Demi, thank you so much for today and your perspective. It's always really interesting to talk to you. We always have a great time. As we come to a close, is there anything else that you want to add that we've missed that you wish we would have asked? I love this conversation. It's so needed. I really want to encourage parents to really be dedicated and committed to taking care of you. Your children only get one parent. And Mm -hmm. so while we're here, we should be conscious about how we're living, how we're eating, and how we are choosing to protect our mental wellness and our physical well-being. So practice self-care, make it a habit, and enjoy it along the way. 
So how can they find you? Share with them again how we can find you, how they can follow you. Where can they get more Demi? Oh, okay. Well, you can find me on DemiAustinThomas.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook under Demi Austin Thomas. And if you live here in Dallas, in Dallas Forward, you can also see me on NBC, Texas Today at 1130, Monday through Friday. Demi, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing such valuable information with our listeners. We always have such a great time when you're here with us. Until next time, let's listen, laugh, and learn our way through this crazy thing called parenting. Thanks again for joining Texas PTA's podcast. You can join PTA anytime and from anywhere at joinpta.org. Do you have a fun or touching parenting story of your own? Share it with us for a chance to land on a future episode. Just call 512-387-1909 and leave a voicemail including your name, city, and short story. We can't wait to hear from you. And join the Count of Three community on Instagram at Count of Three Pod. That's at Count of Three Pod for news on episodes, content, and just a place to laugh our way through this crazy thing called parenting.